to the Legends of Iron. I'm John Anderson. Meet my co-host, Nick Best, and Austin Williams. We're going to have some amazing guests on the show. Buckle up tight, because we're going to be talking about the shit you're not supposed to be talking about. We're going to be discussing anything and everything it takes to become a legend of iron. Legends of Iron is brought to you by MuscleMints. MuscleMints is the creator of Carnival Pure Beef Protein Isaac. Beef builds muscle and Carnivore is the world's number one selling beef protein. Welcome to another edition of Legends of Iron. I'm John Anderson. With me always my partner in Nick Best and Akeem Williams, who can't be here today, but we have got a rockin' guest for you. This guy is really something else. He is a, he's achieved so much in the industry, and I got to say, I'm very proud to call him my friend. Mark Bell, welcome to the show. What's going down, my brother? Thank you, guys. I'm excited, man. I'm, I'm uh, curious to see what you want to talk to me about because you've been pestering me for a while. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, I'll tell you, there's you know you're one of those guys where we're going to have to kind of keep there's we could have multiple shows with you, so we're going to have to just try to keep them. Mm-hmm keep on one topic because we could spread ourselves too thin really quickly. And we want to make sure that we're, we're, you know, courteous of your time and get in and get it out of here before the weekends, you know? Yeah. But so. John, can you do that? <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to try. <laughs> Mark, Mark, you, you, so bottom line is brother. One of the things that I love about you way back when we met, uh, God, I'm trying to think it would have been ooh, 2000, maybe six or something like that way back when, mm-hmm. And uh, you were just kind of you were just starting off with with your whole slingshot project, and now it is just I mean it's a worldwide explosion. You know, mm-hmm. I remember you sent me one of the one of the early ones. <clears throat> well, I guess forgive the term prototype, but it didn't have the logo on it. You mm-hmm. sent it out to me and say, "Hey, give this a try. What do you think?" And it was pretty pretty amazing and and really ahead of its time. A lot of people I don't think even understood how helpful it would be. Once they started to understand it. So brother, tell us about it. how did that whole thing come about? Yeah. You know, the facility I'm in right now, we're in a 20,000 square foot, uh, headquarters of slingshot and it has my gym super training in it as well. Super training gym, by the way, is free because of the products. 855 Riverside Parkway every Saturday, Sunday, uh, it's open gym to anybody that wants to come in here. I think people always think there's strings attached, but the gym's actually free. Um, from nine uh, until 1 p.m. The, the whole thing came about just uh, for me, you know, just thinking about lifting my whole life. You know, I, from the time I was 12, basically started lifting and uh, just something I became obsessed with. And my dad actually put it to me this way. He said, you know, while people were maybe thinking about what they were going to do for the day and what job they were going to pursue and what career they were going to do, pretty much day in and day out, for whatever reason, you were thinking about lifting. Whether you're in the shower, whether you're taking a shit, or whether you're watching a movie, whether you're with somebody else, you're in a relationship, maybe even in the middle of sex, you're like, I wonder what happens if I did three sets of three instead of three sets of three. (laughs) And so uh, my mind was always honed in and focused on trying to figure out, uh, you know, how to optimize things. And then obviously, just like the both of you, Um, I ended up running, uh, right into some really horrific injuries, couple pec tears, uh, three pec tears Mm. in. And, uh, that's when I created the slingshot was out of necessity. 
because uh, I heard so many guys that were in their 40s and 50s and they would say, oh, man, I used to bench like you. I used to bench three plates. Yeah. I used to bench four plates. And I was always like, why are these old guys always say they used to do this? They used to do that. Why the fuck can't they still do it? I didn't get it because I was young. Uh, as I got older and and ran into some injuries with some uh, probably not such smart uh, training decisions, um, I did a pack a couple times, and the third time that I tore my pack, I just sat on a bench one day and just tried to figure it out. I, I was wearing a bench shirt, a bench press shirt that was really big. The bench shirt is a compressive item that allows you to handle more weight for bench pressing and they hurt and they're expensive. They like pinch your skin and stuff. And I was like, zero fun to put on. Yeah. Zero fun. Yeah. to put on. I was like, This will never be like a consumer product, but can you make a weight belt for the upper body, like a lifting belt for the upper body? And, uh, I just kept playing around with it. Eventually sewed two knee wraps together that, uh, go over your arms <coughs> and, uh, spot you from the elbows, just like someone would spot you from the elbows on like an incline dumbbell press. And I've uh, been just kind of figured out how to manufacture them. And the rest is history. Well, one thing you said right there that I'm very glad you said out loud. And I, um, the fact that you actually think about stuff like this during sex, that makes me feel not alone. <laughs> <laughs> and then no, the I wonder if my wife was how, how strong is, the are. <laughs> how many times does that happen to you? I got to know because I got to know if I'm like a complete loner or is it just a few times or lots, you know? Almost every time. Well, every oh, time. you guys Thank are by God. yourself. Thank God. We're, we're, I'm, not I'm like, I don't know. Maybe I should do some glute bridges. I mean, it wouldn't hurt, you know. For when, uh, <laughs> That's exactly right. Oh, I love it. So that was the inception of the slingshot. Many nights of sex as you conjured up the idea. And, <laughs> and obviously, it, it came to fruition. And obviously, then you here's the the original invention i mean now we know how big it is but you know truly i mean it's it's all over the world now i mean major mm -hmm. sports teams use it i mean uh, forgive me when i say this but suck, try to suck your own dick here brother tell us how great that invention really is because it's amazing you know i i still think that it has and i i've kind of said this since the time i created it which was about 12 or 15 years ago or so I, I've always said I have to die for people to like understand how cool this thing is when I'm dead they'll be like, that guy was right man he wasn't well, half bad <laughs> but, but let's not I'm do here, that you know, yeah while, while I'm here I think people still want to like fight and argue over stuff but uh, you know you got Odell Beckham Jr. you know using it um, there's been advertisements uh, with the rock uh, using the using the slingshot and using the hip circle and using some of the various products I created. The hip circle too is also a creation of mine. You did see rubber bands that people were putting around their legs and stuff like that from years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, but the specifics of an actual hip circle product that you saw so many other people uh, bring to the market as well later on uh, was also created by me. So I, I don't know. I just, I like being creative. I like being inventive and I, when I made the slingshot, like when I actually created it, I actually had it sewn together uh, by my wife's friend who uh, sews together um, swimsuits. And she she brought it to me at a Starbucks and I ran inside this uh, local uh, commercial gym to try the slingshot on for the first time and try it out and give it a go. And I did 135 and obviously that was really easy and felt flawless 
And then I tried two plates and did a couple reps with it. And I was like, holy shit, this is exactly what has been in my brain for the last several years. And I was just covered head to toe in goosebumps because I realized that I created something awesome. And then from there, it was a matter of like, well, it doesn't matter how good your product is. Uh, what matters is the ability to like get that thing out there and to show people. And so I started spreading it out there to people. And I'm like, you know what? I think a lot of lifters will understand this. They'll get it especially because so many lifters are into wrist wraps and knee sleeves and even further than just a knee sleeve or a wrist wrap, they're into like a particular wrist wrap. They're like, I need that wrist wrap, especially getting a strongman. I need that wrist wrap, for that particular movement. That one's going to benefit me. So I knew that lifters would understand it. Uh, but I also wanted to bring it to athletes because I don't think a bench press is that safe of an exercise. Really, when you look at bench squat, deadlift, a lot of the choices you make, like a lot of exercises are, um, you know, you can make arguments for strongman movements. They may actually more sense, look more dangerous, like stone loading and things like that, but they make more sense. Like I can, we can have a discussion and say, I could see like where that's useful in like day to day or in years ago, we didn't have the machines to pick these things up, but a bench press is ludicrous. Both arms pinned back behind the midline of your body uh, with <laughs> oftentimes double and triple your body weight. It's completely ridiculous yeah. and absurd, and there's no, there's not really a great reason for it. And so uh, in just considering the dynamics of a bench press and creating the slingshot, what it does is allows you to go through a full range of motion when you're in the most compromised position with both your elbows pinned back behind the midline of your body. The slingshot stretches the most and gives you the most assistance. So it gives you the most assistance in the least advantageous position. And as you go to push through the range of motion, you're in a more favorable position and it does less and less for you. So it really helps to kind of absorb the strength curve and absorb some of the quote unquote retardedness of a bench press. Well, and you know, you're, you're a person that you have obviously a, a very deep powerlifting background. You've been lifting weights your whole mm -hmm. life. So a person who actually understands the movements, understands the challenges, making the making the actual creation of the equipment, very different than you know some big blockbuster equipment company that hires some engineer to try to put something together that they think is going to work. I mean, your creation mm -hmm. is designed from the roots of the movement people that are in the, in the trench. And I think that's one of the reasons why all your stuff is so successful because it's not just <clears throat> you know what you know, what, what's being floating around out there, what's being heard. It's, it's, you know, what needs to be done and, and you create this stuff based around the necessary needs. And that's why it's, a, I mean, even like your, your, remember when you came out with your gangster apps, the holy yeah. smokes, those things mm -hmm. were like, you put one of those things on and you felt like somebody fused your wrist. Give you an, ex give you a couple examples of like kind of what these pieces of equipment can do for you. And in particular, something like a slingshot. I mean, a slingshot is very akin to a belt. Uh, in strongman, sometimes people wear multiple belts. They'll put that belt underneath um, that's, uh, you know, main, mainly a stretchy type material. And uh, it doesn't have a lot of strength or stiffness to it. And then they'll put on a regular lifting belt uh, over top of the neoprene belt. And now you have, like, some nice compression, but you also kind of, like, in some ways, uh, increase the circumference of your waist, which a lot of strongman guys already have a waist, and that's going to uh, help create more strength. But even something like an elbow sleeve 
is going to act as like extra muscle in a way because you have the elbow sleeve is on your forearm and it's also on your bicep and your forearm and bicep coincidentally make contact when you do overhead pressing movements, when you do bench pressing. And so they're going to be very supportive of you through those ranges of motion, <clears throat> very similar to a lifting belt. They're not going to do all of it for you. Some of the strongest guys that we've ever seen. I mean, there's some guys who really don't care that much about a belt, but they're particular about when they do put their belt on and they, and they, they won't stray away from it. Some guys don't care to wear a belt unless they are, unless they're squatting. And some guys only care to wear a belt when they deadlift. However, you can't deny that a, a belt seems to be an amazing thing to help make you stronger. And same thing with lifting straps. Like yeah. if you start, if you start to pull, you know, 800 pounds for multiple repetitions with lifting straps, there's always that dork who's like, I can't, you know, you use straps, you cheated. <laughs> Or whatever. The odds of you being able to pull 825 for a single without straps is really, really high. Whereas if you didn't have that stimulus of, of pulling that 800 pounds for repetitions with straps and with a belt, uh, you may not have done nearly that amount of weight when you take those things off. And we've seen a slingshot time and time and time again work for, especially with um, a lot of females that want to be police officers and military where they have a command, a demand to be able to do a certain amount of push-ups. I think it's something like 20 or 21 push-ups. They start doing their push-up training and they can't do hardly any. So how do we get volume to somebody that can't really do or participate in the exercise? I guess we could have them do planks and hold their own body weight up. Like that's a pretty good start. We can have them do push-ups off their knees. That's not a bad idea. But if we give them a device that makes the exercise supportive, Let's say now they can do uh, five repetitions and they can hold their bo own body weight up for 30 seconds. Well, if you can hold your own body weight up for 30 seconds over a period of time, you're going to be able to crank through 20 reps in under 30 seconds very easily. It, it just it takes time, but you'll yes. be able to do it. And I've seen them be able to do it even when they take the slingshot off. And that's the cool part is you see the yes. progression. <laughs> Doing yeah. no push-ups, being able to do 5, 10, 15, 20. Yeah. And maybe they get to like 40 push-ups in a slingshot, and then they take the slingshot off, and they can crank out 20 without them because they have – they now have been exposed. They've had exposure <coughs> to this uh, yeah. heavier stimulus. Yeah, there's no question that the, 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 the strength of a training tool in, in the slingshot is is undeniable. There's no question. There's way too much – way too many, uh, you know – just like you described one case, there's hundreds and hundreds of cases where people are able to better themselves by the use of that tool. That's, that's mm -hmm. killer. So, <clears throat> so slingshot comes to life, blows up. I can't remember. Forgive me when I say, I want to say maybe 2000 and maybe 12, we were together and you said to me, and at this point, your, your company was enormous. You were highly successful and you had been, you know, doing all sorts of stuff with, with your companies and this, that, and the other, you said to me, I remember you said, I'm about ready to take over the, uh, the compression sleeve industry <laughs> and <laughs> out came the, the strong sleeves and boom, there was a whole nother ignition just like the slingshot. So kind of talk to us about how, how that brainchild came about. Was that one also during sex? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have, uh, you know, I, I haven't really, like, I honestly, with the, the things that I've come up with, they've been 
they've been uh, they've worked pretty well, like right from the get go. Um, but I did have a problem with knee sleeves. I was working on a pair of knee sleeves for years, um, probably almost oh, really? immediately. Yeah, knee sleeves and elbow sleeves, probably almost immediately after the slingshot came out. Because my thought process was, okay, you made the slingshot, and people can now overload their bench press. I'm like, they need wrist wraps to go with the the now yeah. they can overload the bench press. It doesn't make any sense to have yeah. that wrist compromise. So let's wrap up the wrist. So that came was up a gangster. With, yeah, I came up with a gangster <laughs> wrap. <laughs> we're lifting the gangster yeah. wrap when we're when we're lifting, and so. Uh, me and a friend were kind of joking around and I'm like, I'm going to make gangster raps. I was like, I don't think it makes sense. And it ended up being a huge <laughs> success. And that was also another creation that had like a small twist on it, but it's just something that people maybe weren't thinking of at the time. The Velcro part has a patch rather than it going continuously. So yeah, it's not yeah. stiff throughout the whole wrap. And what you can do is you can take a gangster wrap you can take any of the wraps I have off of markbellslingshot.com. You can take almost every single pair of wraps I have and put them on your wrist, your elbow, your knee. You see Larry Wheels oftentimes wrapping his elbows and handling these crazy benches. I don't know how that guy still is able to lift so much weight. I think maybe he's made some shifts more recently, but you've seen, the, seen him bench like 625 pounds and shit like that. Unbelievable crazy. strength. But having that compression of being able to uh, take something that kind of has like a, a rubber or elastic to it and wrap it and, uh, you know, create like a cast for the wrist is a really powerful thing to be able to, you know, kind of do something similar for the elbow, do something similar for the knee feels amazing. And when, even when you have a knee or elbow sleeve on, if you put that on over top, then you even have more compression, yeah. mm -hmm. sometimes not the desired result because your arm feels like it's going to fall asleep or if you're doing overhead touches. <laughs> You yeah. can't quite get in like a rack position. So there are. Can't feel your hands anymore. <laughs> yeah. A bunch of, well, it doesn't matter if you can't get into a rack position anyway. So right, the tighter right, ones. Right. Yeah. We, we can only do this. The tighter ones are great because can't rack it anyway. So it's just throw well, overhead. Up. And, and that's a good point. Uh, you actually do get a lot of leverage out of being tight, right? You yeah, know, so for sure. you were kind of joking about it, but like. The fact that a rack position is tough for you is probably what made you such a great overhead presser because there's like there's a lot of launching power in there. You mm. have 300 pounds, 400 pounds. That's enough to just push you down just a bit to load that spring. Uh, but you're also not an Olympic lifter and your body's not like flimsy by any means. It's rigid <sighs> and you're able to really uh, press through. But back to mm. the sleeves, I had this idea for sleeves for a long time. Uh, I made some... It didn't come out great. I tried again. They didn't come out great. And I just shelved it. I was like, you know what? So when I mean, you say didn't come out great, explain what was what was in those in the early stages, what wasn't great about. Because we only good. know the great ones that we that we've all yeah. that we've all bought. Yeah, they just they weren't good enough. Like at the time, all that was out there was uh Ray Ban. Uh SPD yeah. didn't come around yet. Ray Ban was the thing. And if SPD was around, I wasn't aware of them at that time. Uh, so Ray-Ban, they had their thing going, but they didn't make any sleeves that were stiff. And I was starting to discover thicker and stiffer sleeves that have a stronger jersey to them. And, uh, in making a couple pairs, they like ripped and they just sucked and they just, they weren't great. Uh, when you'd put them on, they would like stretch and then they would stay stretched. They wouldn't like conform to your body at all. And so I was just really having a hard time with it. So I shelved it for a little bit. 
Then SBD comes in and makes a great sleeve. They came in and made a great sleeve and I'm sitting there with my dick in my head. <clears throat> like, oh <laughs> shit. Like they came out with a great, which was cool. And it, and it forced my, my hand to like bring out my own stuff. But that was a, that was a lapse, uh, a lapse in judgment. Like most of the time I trust my instincts and most of the time I keep following through and following through. And on that project, I got to admit, I didn't follow through. So SBD did a great job. They made a great product and they got to the marketplace a little bit earlier. They got their foothold into some strength sports um, a little earlier when it came to the sleeve game. And so it was uh, a little bit tougher of a challenge for me to come in. But what was cool is they already had a product out that was good. And so I had to figure out a way to compete with them. And so not only did I make the sleeves that I made, I made numerous other types of sleeves as well as uh, bringing in like different colorways and stuff like that. Cause I realized lifters yeah. would probably like not just everything's always black all the time. So I was like, yeah. let me throw in different colors here and there just to kind of brighten things up and change things up a bit. Somebody needs to make white ones. So that when yeah, I'm training out, I, I don't heat. know if I still make them, but yeah, I made some white ones, but they get dirty as fuck. Oh, I don't oh, care I if they're dirty. I just yeah. don't want them to yeah. absorb all that heat from the sun. Oh yeah, that's true. That's a good point. And, and the best it's like thing about the sleeves is when you don't wash them for a lengthy period of time, the smell that those things can produce. Like when I was oh, yeah. when I was <clears throat> when I was wrestling in Japan, I used to wear the the compression sleeves under my knee pads. And you know, Mark, you wrestled, so you understand. A lot of times, there's a lot of superstition not getting hurt when you're out there doing crazy shit. And so I went into this whole thing of, you know, I had a tour and I had, I came home, not a single bumper bruise on me. And I was like, holy shit, I didn't wash my sleeves. So <laughs> I started not washing my sleeves for whole Ooh. tours. <laughs> and so oh. by the time I would, uh, three weeks of, you know, wrestling, you know, three, four, five days a week. Oh man, the, the, the locker room the, boys did not like me, you know? Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> they probably hated you because <laughs> you probably smelled super ripe. <laughs> so the the sleeves came out you did you did knees you did elbow you did different variations of thickness you really kind of got you really filled in all those voids in in the market and the sleeves became what equally as is uh successful as the slingshot huh oh yeah we started selling sleeves like crazy it made a huge impact uh on the business and really helped us grow and expand and you're you're dead on with the variations you know um I don't know. I just been hearing this most of my life, you know, um, just stuff like this. Uh, you know, you can't lift weights all your life. You know, you can't just be a meathead. You, you can't make money in lifting. Like no one's going to buy stuff in powerlifting. There's no money in powerlifting. There's no money in bodybuilding. There's no money in any of these things. And you hear this stuff and then you kind of scratch your head and you look at how much stuff a seasoned oh, powerlifter, bodybuilder, a strongman guy I mean, oh, how yeah. big of how big of a gym bag for the guy who's forty Phil. years old? How, how big is that gym bag? You could put a body in those bags. Table that I'm yes. at right now. I mean, it's enormous. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's like a giant body bag, and it's got sleeves and baby powder and wrist wraps and nose torque. And so they're consumers. Four pairs of shoes. Felt, yeah, I always felt like that was kind of uh, disrespectful um, because the people in lifting. They love wearing all this stuff and they just really weren't catered to, especially if you go way back, you'll see guys, uh, you know, you'll see Kazmaier with some wrap around his arm, but it's like, he wasn't specific to the sport. 
it's some bullshit yeah. like face bandage that he probably got like from a pharmacy or something like that. So I, I was very uh, proud to be able to make something that I felt, you know, was made by a lifter for lifters. And then in talking to lifters, sometimes they were like, man, I like those sleeves, but they take me way too long to get them on. I wish there was a sleeve that was a little stretch here. That was a little easier to get on because I don't lift as heavy anymore. I don't lift as heavy with those particular movements. And so I was like, oh, I need to look into this. And so I would make sleeves that were five millimeter or three millimeter rather than seven or nine millimeter. And then uh, in terms of neoprene, there's just something on the outside that's called a jersey. And you can put the sleeve to any kind of jersey. And so I even made a product called the X sleeves, which ended up being banned by the IPF a couple of years ago. And the X sleeves have denim. In them. And so oh, wow. when they banned them, it's a really long story, but basically what happened is I released the product, uh, the IPF agreed to the product, and then when the product hit the market, I think maybe due to uh, um, maybe uh, money and due to maybe previous sponsors that the IPF may have had, all of a sudden my product was now uh, unapproved, <laughs> ended up on the unapproved list. So I had to make <laughs> So what I did was the sleeves that were already out in the market that a bunch of people already bought, I Vince McMahon the whole situation and just got more publicity out of it. You know, hundreds yeah. and hundreds of people went to the site and ordered these sleeves. They're like, this is badass. It's denim that's in the sleeve. And they're thinking it's going to make me spring up more. And they were very compressive, as you can imagine, because denim doesn't have a lot of stretch to it, yeah. but it has some. And we, we really nailed it and made a great product. So what I had to do is I had to figure out a way to get them approved again by the IPF. And it cost me a ton of money. I think all in, it was like $250,000 to get my products wow. approved at the IPF. And so I just thought, I thought this is like ludicrous. Like this is like, this is so silly. And because I thought it was so silly, I'm like, well, let's make a commercial out of it. And so we did. And I just started throwing money around. And I stood in front of a fan and I'm like dumping money everywhere. And I basically said something to the effect of, uh, you know, this is what it cost me to get these things approved. I did it for you guys. I want you yeah. guys to be able to use great products in this federation and anyone that ordered the previous sleeves, I'm going to send these new ones to you that are now officially approved by the IPF so that you can wear these in your next competition. And that, that blew up great. Like that was, that was amazing. Well, brother, one of the things that I've always, and I've actually texted you before and just said, Hey, you know, your, your generosity inspires me because you're one of the most generous people that I've ever known. And, and it's, it's, that's another perfect example of, of generosity right there. Appreciate <clears throat> it. I want to back up real quick as you we're we're talking about some major business successes that you've had, which is, is, I mean, totally, totally amazing. And I've heard you kind of allude to a few things in the process because ultimately you're highly successful with everything you do. We're talking about business stuff, but talk to us about some of the philosophies that you've been working with becoming so successful. I heard you say something to the fact in the sleeves that, you know, obviously you shelved them, but realistically you need to just keep on going. So clearly consistency and, and, you know, falling on your face and getting back to your feet and keep going is part of the equation, but talk to us. Our listeners are, of course, the show's all about helping them become the best version of themselves. And we're talking about literally, and I say this with love, a meathead who has become a, a multimillionaire because 
of the philosophies he's worked with. So talk to us about some of the things that you really hold close to your heart when it comes to building success. You know, I think some of the things that I'm going to share here probably uh, won't be novel necessarily, um, but there's things that I've learned in the last couple of years that I think that that probably will be new to people. I'll start off with the basics. I mean, consistency consistency is always, you know, king. And if there's anything remarkable that anyone ever does, you can almost always point to consistency being there in the background. It's, it's, it's rare. Sometimes somebody is a talent. Sometimes somebody's talented and they can start off better than somebody else without a lot of history, sometimes due to genetics and sometimes due to environmental things. But most of the time there's consistency behind it. And what you see in lifting in particular, and probably in life in general, but I've observed this to be true in lifting is there's a minimum requirement of lifters. <laughs> and the minimum requirement for lifting is 10 years. That's the, yeah. that's the bare minimum. Yeah. You can't yeah. talk with any one of the three of us unless you've been lifting for 10 years. It's like a, that's like, that's yeah. like gets you in the door and then we're yeah. still going to laugh at you and think you're a pussy. It's a down payment. That's a down payment. That's all it is, you know? Totally agree. It's a requirement. And all the way to the point where I remember going to, I went to Onnit Gym in Texas, Austin, Texas years ago, and had the pleasure of meeting Aubrey Marcus and doing a podcast with him. And I was in the, in the gym, and this guy, this dad, introduced me to his son. And his son was squatting like 800 pounds or something like that. And I think he was like 16. And he squat like 755 wow. and stuff. I was like, holy that's shit. Insane. That's insane. That's, that's a I, lot. Like, <sighs> yeah. I, I sat there and I was like, and then he did 775 on that day. I just sat on the bench for a second. I said, God damn, that blows away my decade, my 10 year. Like I've been saying this forever. And I, fuck, man. Now I don't like has this kid been lifting for six years? He's 16. I'm like, he probably hasn't yeah. even been lifting how, for six years. How many years could he have been lifting? Yeah, because that would 16. put him at 10, you know, if he's been lifting for six years. And his dad comes over to me and he goes, he goes, it's amazing, isn't it? He's like, it's really cool. He's like, I'm so glad I had him start lifting when he was six. And I was like, there we go. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Fucking, <laughs> yeah. we're able to, able to get it, sneak it in there again. Well, you know, it's crazy. As someone started lifting at six, look at the development just based on the age. And and obviously a kid is not so filled with the, all the things they can't do. They haven't, the world hasn't told them what they can't do yet. So everything is possible. And clearly that little story pretty much, you know, de- details out that 100%. I mean, 16 years old, 750, that's insane. You know, yeah, it was yeah. nuts. And so I've seen it just time and time again, many different people I've had on my podcast. Um, I have a friend named Ron Penna. He uh, started Quest Nutrition, the Quest bars that you see everywhere. Yeah. You see them in uh, 7-Eleven and Walmart and Target and everywhere. everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. He sold the company for a billion dollars and then started another company. So the guy knows what he's doing. But again, there's just, it's just a lot of consistency. Like, is, mm-hmm. is this guy unique? Yeah, of course he is. Like, and does he have a story that's maybe a little different than some of our story? Um, has he dedicated his, his time? Has he put a lot of time and effort 
into what it is that he's doing. Uh, of course he has, but he's put like decades into it. And it also falls in line with his interest level. So if you're having a hard time with consistency, in my opinion, yes. it's because you're not that interested or you're not as interested yep. as you thought you were. So don't yep. mess around with bodybuilding. Don't mess around with strongman just because other people around you are doing it. Or don't mess around with playing the guitar, but you always want to play the drums. Like find your own <laughs> thing. When you find yeah. your own thing, then it's going to be easy to be consistent with it. Uh, I think there's yeah. so many people that sell themselves mm -hmm. short. I know that you guys have run into this, John, especially I know your background where you had a gym and you actually trained a lot of individuals and stuff. And you see this time and time again, and you'll see a parent, you know, a, a mom that's got, uh, that wants to lose, you know, 40, 50 pounds, something like that. She's overweight and she's tired of it. And they'll say, man, I just, I don't have the dedication like you guys, or I don't have the dedication like this person. I'm, I'm not, I don't have that inspiration, that motivation. And you're like, oh my God, like get a hold of yourself here for a second. Because from what <laughs> I know of you, you're an amazing mother. Um, yep. I hear you all the time talking about bringing your kid to soccer practice. You're picking up your son from football. Like yep. you're all over <laughs> mom. So in terms of dedication, you're one of the more dedicated people yep. in these particular realms that I've ever seen. Okay. So, so what? You're not doing amazing with your food. You're not doing amazing with your uh, workout routine, but maybe we can find some foods that you enjoy more yep. that can keep your interest level better. And maybe like, yep. I don't know, I'm just trying some bodybuilding shit with you. Maybe you want to try powerlifting. Some so style of training that you, that you actually enjoy. Once you, mm -hmm. once you enjoy what you're doing, you're not really working anymore, you know? And, yeah. and I think that's kind of what you're saying, brother, you know, your interest level gets to the point where when you, when, when a creature wants to do something versus when they feel like they have to do something, it's two completely different actions, you know? And, and uh, you'll see it time and time again, and people get like tons and tons of admiration for it. Um, and of course, you know, you do have people like Kobe Bryant and people like Michael Jordan, there's stories of them, you know, staying, you know, there's stories of them showing up before the game and there's stories of them hanging out after the game, win, lose or draw. And they're still working on free throws. They're still working on their jump shot. But again, like they're only doing so because they're interested in it. Like this is yeah. their interest. They do not want to fail. They do not want to mess up. They don't want that same mistake to haunt them ever again. And I've seen this in powerlifting. I remember uh, the great Chuck Vogapool, a great powerlifter from Westside Barbell. Um, he was just pacing back and forth and just looked angry as fuck one day. And I was like, I'm just, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just uh, kind of observe because I want to kind of see what he's doing. I want to learn from him, but I'm gonna stay the hell out of his way. And I was just a young kid at the time, so I'm like, I'm gonna be over here. So I'm watching him, and he's super setting. He's doing some grip work, and he's doing some deadlifts where he's holding the weight at the top. And I'm like, I gotta know what he's doing. So when the time's right, I'm gonna ask him what the hell's going on, you know? And so he gets done with his workout, and I see, okay, it looks like he's chill now. And I said, Chuck, I was like, what was it you were doing right there? He's like, the last meet, he's like, my deadlift came out of my hands. And he just looked at me. He goes, that is never going to happen to me ever again. And I was like, yeah, just thinking like, you're damn right. It's not going to happen when you train like that. When you put that effort in. So he wasn't, he wasn't forced by Louis Simmons to be there. And he wasn't doing something that he didn't want to do. He recognized this is a hole in my game. I lost the last competition this way. And 
this is unacceptable for me. This is my sport. This is what I love to do. And if I'm going to lose, maybe I'll lose some other way, but I'm not losing this way. I'm not losing because the weight fell out of my fingertips. And so he addressed it. <clears throat> and so I think people can probably start to think about the things that they do in their day to day. And are there things that you can do that are so easy that it otherwise just doesn't make any sense to do them? Like, for example, um, drinking more water. Like when you discover that, when you discover like, uh, you know what, if I'm going to be exercising, I, I need to drink some water. Well, that's such an easy practice. There's no reason not to do it. Increasing yeah. your protein. <clears throat> Increase your protein a little bit. When you start lifting some weights, you start to see some changes in your body and you notice that you grow. You also will recognize that your diet is a lot easier. When you have lean, good sources of protein, the diet fills in around that. There's another mm -hmm. thing. There's another thing yeah. right there that's so easy to do. There's no reason not to do it. Something I promote all the time, and this gets you outside, gets you some sunlight as well, is to do some 10-minute walks. A couple of walks a day, two or three 10-minute walks every day. Again, so simple to do. Can you sneak those in throughout the day and still be mm -hmm. a busy person and get all your shit done? It's like, let's be reasonable. Yeah, of course you can figure it out. When you drop your kid off for volleyball, <clears throat> You do a little extra walk after you drop them off and get back in your car and go on your day. So, like, what are the things that you can implement? I mean, I got some friends, they don't even really necessarily lift or have gym sessions anymore. But they're like, I just hit, like, 30 push-ups here and there throughout the day. I bang out some squats. I bang out some lunges. And when I have time, I hit the gym and I go, like, twice a week. And you're like, wait a mm -hmm. second, but you're jacked. You look great. It's because they did put their time in at some other time. Yeah. But now <clears> – <throat> kind of microdosing some sort of fitness or some sort of resistance training throughout their day and making it work with the current day they have nowadays. Yeah. yeah. Recovery's better too, though, too. Only going a couple days a week, your recovery's, on, your recovery's on point. So if you go in and you put in the good quality time, you don't necessarily need a whole lot more. So and it, that's a, it, it makes sense. That's, a, that's another huge point is I think that a lot of times with diet, people aren't giving themselves enough nutrient dense food. And in my opinion, yeah. I believe that most people need a more robust diet. They need to like, yeah, it sounds yeah. so stupid to say they need to eat more food. That's a lot of people true, doing, I know That's a lot of people are doing true. a good job of crushing a lot yeah. of uh, macronutrients, crushing a lot of calories, but the average American yeah. only has 12 is, or 13% protein. Yeah, what is what is what is in the calorie? What is in the macronutrients? And even there, there's different levels of macronutrients. Not all proteins are created equal. Not all vegetable. I mean, you name it. It's it's a whole sliding scale. So to kind of uh, summarize what you're talking about, brother, just to make sure listeners are following what you're saying, is you're saying that being you know your success and and being successful and having consistency is really centered around finding something that you enjoy doing if your interest level is high enough it's not difficult to continue to do it for a length of time on a consistent basis that's kind of what you set up to this point correct a hundred percent and to simplify it even more like, <clears throat> fuck, fuck trying to win the day and and fuck trying to win every day um that takes a lot of energy that takes a lot of courage just don't lose just don't yeah, fucking go. have more good days yeah. than bad there's seven there's seven days in a week for a reason and it's an odd number so that it's easier to have yeah. four good days than it is to have, you yeah. know, 
<laughs> and you had a good week, you know, how, you know, um, there's 30 or 31 days in a week, just, you know, work on having more good days than bad. And you had a good month and so on and so forth. And then you have a good year and it just continues. There's another side of this I haven't really mentioned quite yet. And that is reinterpretation, which is a much harder thing to do. Reinterpretation uh, takes a lot of skill and it takes a lot of training. Uh, just like, just like any of the training that we're doing in the gym. And it might take you a few years to be able to learn to reinterpret stuff. So I'm talking good and bad. Well, what if you get yourself to a point where there is no, there is no bad anymore. And that's where I feel I am today. I feel like nothing's bad. My mom died two years ago, two, as of two days ago. And, uh, I don't look at any of that as being bad. My mom was a heavy woman. She was obese. She was suffering. She needed a way out. She was a big believer uh, in God, and she was very religious. So in my head, God gave her a way out, and she's now at peace. My brother died 15 years ago. He was a professional wrestler, got himself caught up with drugs, was bipolar. Well, Okay. Yeah. That, that hurts. Like I still cry about that. I still cry about my mother. I still think about these people. They're still in my phone. Like I'm not deleting them from my phone. Cause I think that one day maybe I'll be able to get in touch with them somehow. Who the fuck knows? Uh, so you're going to still have some irrational thoughts when it comes to these things, but you can reinterpret them. And the way I look at it now yeah. is like my brother says in the film, bigger, stronger, faster, he says, I know there's something inside my heart that I feel I need to share with the world. I don't yeah. know what the heck that was. I don't know exactly what he was talking about, but maybe he's not here any longer. And me and my brother, Chris are still here maybe to deliver that message. Maybe there's another bigger, stronger, faster. Maybe there's bigger things for me to do still. Maybe there's still some really big shit on the horizon where I get out some of the things that my big brother taught me. My big brother, he, yeah. taught, he taught me how to lift. He taught my brother, Chris, how to lift. So he's the one who kind of started a lot of this stuff in the first place. And by me yeah. being here, being able to deliver that message, the best thing I can do is to reinterpret their death as being something where, okay, what are the traits that they had? What are the traits that they had that maybe weren't so great? I'll dismiss some of those. And what are the traits that they had that are awesome? I'm going to have yeah. those traits those live within me and I'm going to, I'm going to carry those through <laughs> so that their spirit can live onward. So you can kind of see, I mean, I know sometimes people are like, Oh, well you can't always have a good day and stuff like that. Uh, I think when you get to the point that I'm starting to get to, again, there are things that are bad. There's rape, there's child, you know, kids that have cancer, like there's shit that's fucking bad. Yeah. And there's really no other way to talk about it. I understand that. So Aside from a handful of disasters and yeah. a major crisis, most other things, a text message from a person can be reinterpreted. A post that you made <laughs> where somebody blew up at you and said you're a fucking juice head can be reinterpreted and you can work yeah. on a lot of things. So that, those well, are know, the things I found really valuable the last couple of years. And I, brother, I'm telling you, that's, that's so, I mean, I so agree. I mean, that's one of the things I've really been working on myself is, you know, life happens for us not to us you know the things yeah. that happen in our lives are designed to help us become better versions of ourselves and the challenges that we run against <clears throat> the challenges that are hardest for us to get through these are the ones that really make a difference in in our own personal development and growth 
So I, I love how you kind of explain that. It's, you know, it's so true. And, you know, hopefully a lot of listeners will hear how you describe it. It'll make a lot of sense to them so they can adapt that same principle and theory. That's great, brother. There's That's kind of so an so overarching, overarching theme. And uh, it just goes like this. There's uh, negative emotions can only come from, they only come from one spot. They come from a negative interpretation, negative emotion. You get spun up, you get pissed off, you get mad, you get sad. Um, you know, as men, like we're, we're complicated. We get mad and we don't talk. And so oftentimes <laughs> all it is, is like our feelings got hurt, but like none of us are gonna be like, Hey babe, my feelings got hurt. <laughs> you know, like yeah. <laughs> you're not gonna say that to your girl yeah. and you're certainly not going to say that to your buddy. And really that's all that happened. And we just need yeah. a moment, but your yeah. reaction to the first thought that you have, uh, it's good to pause on that for a minute because it's usually not a great, it's usually not a great response. You can think about yeah. some of this stuff a little bit like your training. Like if you guys just went in, especially when you were in the middle of your strongman careers, if you just went in and only went off of how you felt and only went based off emotions it would have been very difficult for you to be a great lifter. You'd be a good lifter. You'd be able to produce some results. Uh, but if everything needed to be perfect, every time you went in and did your job, which it, it was your job at a certain point, you wouldn't have been able to really do it. And you learn this as a yeah. professional and you certainly learn it in, in a sport like pro wrestling. You might have heat with the other guy. You know, you might be in an argument with the other guy and you got to still go out there and have a performance. Yeah. You got to perform and make sure that that's, put it all aside. You got to take you all that the emotions going on. It's time to be a professional, you know, and you have you to do that have. in your day to day. You got to put that emotion, just put it on pause for a minute. doesn't mean you can't feel it. Yep. Just means to like reconsider it, give it some thought and then maybe move forward from there. And that's Check something a lot of people really, got to learn. Hold on real quick, Nick. So I got to just got to have one quick pause. When, when Tony Hughes was on the show, I actually had to take a piss really bad and I had a bottle full enough that I could do it. That was empty enough. I could under the table. My bottle's full and I can't pee in this bottle when we continue this episode. So Ben, you're going to have to cut this so I can go take a piss and come back real quick. Mark, I wish that I had an empty bottle so I could have pissed it for you and kept the episode going. My sincere apologies. Next time I'll make I'll do a better job. One second. That's John. He's got to go. He's hey, got to go. Nick, where are you yeah. living at? Vegas. You're in Vegas. Yeah, you've been out there for a long time. And uh, yeah. I believe you uh, have your own gym. Uh, it's my garage. No, well, garage. I was mixed into somebody for a while, but now I'm just back in my garage. Nice. How's everything going yeah. for you? I know you've uh, been pushing the envelope with Strongman for a long time. Are you still? I'm still. Yeah, I'm getting get ready for OSG. I'm getting ready for Masters World Strongest Man. So still going, still doing it. Um, it's been 26 years where I've squatted over 800 and totaled over 2,000. So I'm, I'm going for 30 years on that. So I'm not going to stop. But, uh, yeah, still That's going. That's amazing. Still when, when did you – when did you – when did you uh, – because it wasn't that long ago that you stopped doing, uh, like, the open, right? Uh, yeah, I'm still doing some of the open stuff. I just – I tore my lat off. Last May, a year That's ago, insane. May. That is so and cool. I, I mean, not the porn lap, but the fact that you've been doing it for so long. 
incredible. Thank you. Yeah, the, Thank the you. torn yeah. lat was kind of what it was kind of what slowed the slowed the open roll down. That's that's yeah. a pretty big injury to come back from. Right. So I'm trying to get into the shape where I can come back and do a couple more open shows and then just pick a show and leave my shoes out there, you know? Mm. So, you know, I, I want to do it out in front of everybody when I say goodbye. So is there anybody else? Is there anybody else uh, that's been Felix? I don't know, like Felix, Felix has been doing it forever. Yeah. yeah. Felix and I are the two oldest still going. At he is in Caldo because he's black. He's got black genetics. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, come on. He he counts because man, he's he's still breaking his body. He's still putting the work in. He's, he's still going insane. after it. So he's the guy I gotta compete against. He's my main competition at at uh osg at masters because there's an over 50 masters world strongest man now and uh we're going for that john what's that like so, for you like seeing that these guys are still doing this shit uh, you've been 10 years removed at least right yeah and so <clears throat> i'm trying to think my last strongman competition was i think uh 08 07 somewhere in there and i started to transition to wrestling so quickly um you know, there's no question that it's, you know, I I ended up having dick, you know, jacking up my back pretty good when I was in my strongman career. So I was in one of those positions where my time was fairly limited and I'm having had a back surgery and, and obviously I was able to operate through wrestling and through bodybuilding, but having multiple ruptured discs in my lower back was, was going to be a tough one. Then realistically, you know, looking back, it was probably a perfect time for me to exit because in came the younger generation of the giants you know and i was already one of the undersized ones to begin with that you know it's funny to say 315 310 i was undersized but it was the fucking truth you know and you know there was it really i i got to go back and give my thanks to maris pujanowski because he was the guy that created what they called the athletic era which was moving and running and lifting which created a space for me to exist in that and that high level you know, so, but it's looking at Nick still doing what he's doing. That's, it's pretty nuts. I mean, I love to train, but, you know, squatting over 800 for two decades, let's come on. I, I think that's, that's gotta be, I don't know if there's anybody else on the planet who's done that, you know? Well, I'd imagine you're probably still deadlifting over that amount too at this point. Yeah. It's, it's coming back now. It's coming back yeah. really good now. I'll pull over 800. My, I want to pull somewhere between 390 and 400 kilos next year at a power level. Right. Has your body been uh, fairly healthy over the last couple of years? Or, I mean, you said a torn lap, but has there been yeah. like other shit going on? The, the rest of me is not too bad. My hips, my hip bothers me from time to time. I really have to stay, I have to work harder now on mobility than I do the strength. Mm -hmm. I, I put a good 12 weeks in and I'm strong as I've ever been. It's just getting the mobility and the full range of motion, like getting down to the floor is difficult for me now, but yeah, I can still deadlift. So we've had a couple and, and guys come here to super training that actually like taught us like the floor is a great place to try to rest, you know? So that might be something you might want to consider if you can put some padding down, even just at your house and try to get yourself on the floor the floor mm -hmm. can act a little bit like foam rolling in a way because it's so it, mm. as we get older, it's so uncomfortable to be on the floor that it's like a giant <laughs> foam roller. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll agree with that. I actually <laughs> uh, I actually will sit on the on the foam roller 
and like play video games as I'm going back and forth on the foam roller. You know, just something to kill time while I'm doing it and take my mind off of where it hurts <clears throat> as I'm rolling through it. But yeah, hey, really so quick, I get so down to, to jump back to where we were so we can have a cohesive episode here. <laughs> Mark, you were you were just talking about how basically you know being able to just be a professional and do what you got to do and and handle you know the things that are coming at you you know whether it be a text or how you know different things can be perceived and kind of re replayed refocused kind of go back into that that was good stuff yeah you'll find you'll find most often in your life that uh when when you give good thought to something that it's most likely going to be more effective than if you just had emotion behind it sometimes i mean just the uh idea in your head of uh giving someone a hug or something like that. Like those aren't really the things I'm talking about. I'm talking about more of the things that would be on the negative side, uh, things that you again might interpret as being negative. I mean, the easiest thing with a text and this is, this is amazing. I think we forget, like we just accept texting as like a form of communication, but it's really poor. And so you want to try to level up your communication. And so if something starts to go sideways with a text, Say, well, I, I know I'm seeing you later today, so let's discuss this more in person. And not yet now you have to be willing to drop it right there, which is not easy to do, but that would be advisable because the likelihood you're going to get into like a fight or like a, this big argument <clears throat> in person is so low, especially as you get to be 35, 40, 45. I think it's most likely it's not going to it's not going to escalate that way. Uh, another way to improve your communication is to see if you can do this kind of thing where we can see each other. Um, so this would be the next best thing to seeing each other in person. Um, and uh, voice notes and things like that are a way to communicate at least a little bit. But a text is a really bad one because. Yeah. Uh, really just, easy to misinterpret. Yeah, it's so easy to misinterpret and be like and kind of think like, why is he talking to me that way today? Oh shit, maybe you know, well, maybe he's having a bad day, you know. But well, you know, Mark, like, we've actually had some texts where I I was like doing something else, reading your text, and I I you know responded to you, and then I went back and looked. I'm like, oh Jesus, I didn't read his text even close to correct, and what I said sounds really weird. <laughs> <laughs> and I even came back to hey, buddy, I'm sorry about that, you know. <laughs> but I yeah, mean, yeah, you left me, yeah, you left me messages back and forth where you've had this like entire conversation with yourself. It's actually really good. <laughs> I'm gonna save it. Yeah, I mean oh. that's that's what happens, and we end up with miscommunication, oh. and then we end up with mm -hmm. our emotions and feelings going all over the place, yeah. ping ponging all around, and yeah. then uh, you know you kind of think your week is more stressful than it was. Um, yeah. We just, I don't know, we just, we don't do a great job of like yeah. controlling some of these things. I think that sometimes we do a good job of, I'm going to work out every day from 8 a.m. till 10. And that's my time. And guys that get way into training, they guard that. That's important. And they won't look at their phone. They won't get thrown off their task. They're training with their buddies. They're training for something that's very specific. Uh, and then even like a doctor's appointment or a dentist appointment, like we keep a lot of those appointments, but a lot of times we distract ourselves and then we end up in places later than we wanted to. And because you're later than you wanted to be, you're, there's stress dumped on top of that because you got to work late 
Now you're behind. Now you're trying to catch up on emails. You got to some of the emails, but you had a meeting at work and like it just keeps piling up. And then someone says, how's your day when you see somebody out out for lunch and you say, oh, man, you know, Mondays are always fucking tough. And you have this kind of negative framing of everything. Yeah. And well, they are tough because now you're behind and you have a then you get home late. You're exhausted like you're literally exhausted. You can't play with your kids. And the thing just snowballs on top of itself over and over and over. And then we're eating the wrong foods, consuming a yeah. lot of stuff, uh, internet so wise, this, TV wise. And so, so this much. stuff, this stuff, just kind of going back to connect the dots. This kind of all falls in line with, you know, it falls in line with what you're talking about. Obviously, keeping your interest levels to being consistent is easy. Uh, you know, you're not really working, but then also you're talking about controlling the circuit. You're controlling your environment so it doesn't take you off course as well. And that's kind of where we're going mm -hmm. with this whole thing as well, correct, brother? Yes, I was hanging out with uh, a, a, a fellow meathead at in Stinson Beach one time, and this guy brought <laughs> over two giant <laughs> rotisserie chickens. Um, <laughs> he's like, hey, I don't know what kind of protein you're going to have around here, so I brought these with me. <laughs> and it's, of course, other than John Anderson, who's not going to get thrown off. Like, you don't want to be thrown off your task. Yeah. And you're like, I don't know what the fuck Mark eats. He's really fat, so... I'm going to bring my own. Well, you know, to, my, to my surprise, he was actually cooking up chicken breasts. I was like, this yeah. is great. This is perfect. So, I mean, those, yeah. are, those are just like, I mean, I know I'm trying to be like silly about it or whatever, but like, honestly, those are really important things yeah. that people need to protect and value. And who cares? Who cares about, who cares about someone thinking that you're weird? Like that's, yeah. I am weird. I'm a little different. I'm fucking John yeah. Anderson. I'm 300 pounds and I'm shredded. Like, what do you expect? You expect me to not be walking around with two two giant rotisserie chickens all the time? Like, <laughs> look at the way, the way it is when you're me, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, brother, I, I'm telling you, I love the the fact that you we because people see you. Obviously, you've done a, a a whole lot in the fitness industry, but from a business perspective, you know, you're you're a complete mogul now for you to kind of break down some of this stuff so people can understand, you know, some of the roots and the principles and the theories that, that you hold close that help you get where you want to go, I'm sure is being extremely helpful uh, to our listeners. So what would you yeah. say, what would you say to the listener that, you know, they, you know, which, which is really common, you know, society kind of teaches us to <clears throat> go to high school, possibly go to college, get a job, get married, have kids. And all of a sudden life is kind of, this place where they've lost themselves and they don't even have a clue where to start to find their interest. What would you say to that person? It can be, it can sometimes be difficult to find your interest because, uh, because of your upbringing, you know, because maybe somebody didn't allow you to have like free enough thought to even get there. So that, that can be from that perspective, that can be really that can be really challenging to try to find uh, what you like. But I think, you know, anybody can probably start to mess around and play with like what they like and what they don't like. I, I think there's a lot of people like people are smarter than we give them credit for too. And I've noticed this in employees, some employees like, you know, the rock used to say, know your role, shut your mouth. The, I, with that statement, it, okay. It's, it's very derogatory, but, I think it is important for people to know their role. Like sometimes, sometimes some people are Scotty Pippen 
They're not always Michael Jordan. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. they're James Worthy and they're not always Magic Johnson. Like sometimes the other person needs to know, like, you're going to be the guy that gets the rebound and passes the ball to me to shoot it. <laughs> like, so, so, so you have to know in your day-to-day life, which person are you? Are you the guy that wants to take the game-winning shot? And if you are the guy that takes the game-winning shot, take a ton of stress off your plate by being somebody that is going to be protective of the things that you're interested in to the point where you're meticulous enough with it to where you get to be really good at it and to where other people start to recognize you as being great for it. Otherwise, know your role and get into that secondary position where you can still have an amazing life and still live and follow a lot of your passions. Maybe you can't follow all of your passions all the time because you might need to fill something in with like a nine to five. You know, I always think that people can, uh, they can, they can work, they can work on their day to day as they're also working on their fortune and working on their future. So like work on now, but also work on the future. So you might have to uh, have a job that you really don't love. I think all of us have done stuff like that at some point. Mm -hmm. And we just recognize like, this isn't me, like this doesn't work great for me. Uh, I need to have a different lifestyle that's going to to allow me to enhance this other lifestyle that I want because maybe we felt we were more of that leader position type of person. So you have to figure out what you are and how you kind of can fit into society. Once you figure that part out, I think it's easy. Then just start to follow what you're interested in because even if you don't feel like you're innovative and you don't feel like you're a leader – but you love motorcycles. Well, you can go and work at a motorcycle shop or yep. you can work for one of the guys that is one of the most creative people in the world. You show up with a camera and say, look, man, I just want to help. Like in any way I can, I've learned a lot about Instagram and social media. Okay. You don't need anybody now. Okay. I'm going to check in with somebody else. The degrees of separation that we have from people nowadays is next to nothing. Like there used to be like seven degrees of separation. They would say, I think there's like two and one. Go on Instagram, yeah. slide into someone's DMs. And once you do that a couple times, <clears throat> somebody's going to be like, oh, yeah, you want to work in the fitness industry? Great. Well, I can't hire anybody now, but are you down to move and you're down to uh, intern? And if you're that kind of person that just says, fuck it, and you go for it, you got a job probably. And not only do you have an internship, if you can successfully navigate that, you now have a job and you, now you're in the thing that you're interested in. So, yeah, there it, we go. It makes work, but it, there we go. You know, there we go. That was that was beautifully said, brother. So easy to understand. I think that people that are in that place where they they just feel like life is not filled with what really inspires them, what you just said is going to be really helpful. So that was really really mm-hmm. cool stuff, brother. Thank you very much. So I know we're, I know you're a busy, dude. So I don't want to keep you on here too long. Not to mention, I made this whole episode really really kind of focus around your success in business uh, because I want to have you on for other episodes where we can talk about different, different sections because you're, you're way too complex of a person to cover everything in one show. And that's a huge compliment, by the way. But before I got two questions before we, before we, we uh, let you go here, brother. So I guess the, the thing, if, if you had the ability Remember, remember back to the future, the old DeLorean, if you had the ability to get in that baby and program the exact time and date 
you could go back and you could give your young self or potentially maybe not terribly young, just your, you could only give yourself somewhere in your life timeline, one piece of advice. Where would, you know, where, tell us what you'd say to the younger version of yourself. I've seen too many of these movies, you know, where you can go back <laughs> and, uh, and everything goes you know, wrong afterwards. Like, what you just said, like, made me picture my daughter's like head disappearing, you know, like, the, 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 yeah. the like part of the picture started to disappear. So I'm like, no, don't say anything. Uh, I guess, you know, just honest advice, you know, to so I think. I think there's an, a time in most people's lives and I, this is myself, but like, I also think that it probably happens to a lot of men in general. I think the age is probably older now than it was, but I think somewhere between like 19 and like uh, maybe 32 or three or even four. And like I said, it might be a little older now just because things are different nowadays uh, is like a real wasteland. Like, you kind of don't know what to do with yourself. And I, I've always been grateful that I already liked lifting at that point. Cause it's like, well, what are you going to do? Well, I'm just going to keep lifting and fucking see what happens with that. I don't know. I, I love yeah. it. And that's when people would say, well, you can't just lift all your life. And I just kept <laughs> I was, lifting. I was, lifting. I was told the same thing, brother. <laughs> yeah. yeah I think like, we all were. Yeah. Like, well, I, I don't know, maybe why not? And then you keep lifting and then you get older and you're like, I've pretty much just been lifting my whole life. Like they told me I couldn't do it, but this is kind of exactly what's been going on the entire time. So I think, uh, I think, you know, being, being a free thinker and allowing yourself to have the freedom to be, to be creative and to make your own path, your own way. You know, they, they talk about, um, you know, don't, don't, uh, don't put the cart before the horse. Well, I think in this case, I think why not be the horse, you know, why not be the reliable person that can shoulder the weight and carry shit through and follow through on things the way that you want to do. I think you can, you could build yourself into these things. And I guess what I would say to my former self or to any young man that is trying to like make their mark so to speak, I would say, you know, you have the same, it's important that people understand you got the same brain makeup of Albert Einstein, you got the same brain chemistry of Jeff Bezos. You got the same brain chemistry, the same, maybe not the same chemistry exactly, but you have the same brain. It's not like we've discovered that Elon Musk and Albert Einstein and some of these people that we've put up on a pedestal, it's not like we found out that they have like this extra thing going on. Maybe they have like particular hormones going in a certain direction, or maybe there's some sort of things that have allowed them to do some of the things that they can do. But how amazing is that, that there's no evidence that points to the fact that any one of us wouldn't be able to retain similar information, uh, learn similar information, retrieve similar information, have a similar amount of memory as some of these other people that have been around. So if you learn that at the age of 18 or 20 or something like that, I think that can be really empowering when it comes yeah. to physicality. There's, there's definitely some differences. And when it comes to genetics and things like that, there's definitely some differences. Like, you know, you might be five, five and you've always wanted to be seven foot. It's like, there's not shit you can really 
do about that. <laughs> everything yeah. else, everything, everything outside of like the physical prowess, which can be worked on a ton. We know a lot about that, right? Everything outside of that is all stuff that is solvable and knowable. Like you, mm-hmm. there's no limit on what you can learn and know. There's no limit on how much you can uh, learn, know, love, experience happiness. Like there's no, you got friends that like, for whatever reason, every time you see this guy, he's fucking laughing his ass off. He's super happy. And you're like, I, you know, I don't know what the deal is with this guy, but you can be that guy or the guy that you know, that's got money coming out of his ears. You could potentially be that guy, the guy that's, you know, got tons of muscle, the guy who's shredded the, you can aspire to be these things. These things are there. The only thing that's miraculous about any of them is steroids. No, the only thing that's miraculous about any of them <laughs> is, is the ability to uh, stick to it over like a long ass period of time. And right. yeah. yeah. Beautifully said, brother. Beautifully said. I'll tell you, mm. this is, uh, you know, the whole meathead millionaire, we're going to have to rename you. You're like the, the meathead, you know, intellect. You know, Mark the, 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 millionaire. The, the millionaire is just kind of a, the, like a distant side effect. It's because, you know, now it's now it's like it's like a Dr. Phil of the of the strength world. Uh, well, one more question, brother. You're this has been great. I got to tell you, this has been I, you. I'm I'm inspired myself. I mean, some of the things you're saying are so true. You need to get off I, your fat ass. It, what's that? You need to get <laughs> off your fat and get moving. <laughs> You know, and it's also when you hear stuff like this from someone that you know, it's sometimes it's much different than hearing it from someone that you don't know. So I know this is going to impact a lot of people, brother. But the last question we have for you before we get before we cut you loose is, uh, brother, you had such a huge impact on you know not only the the, the fitness industry, powerlifting, the, all of your business stuff. Uh, you've touched a lot of people, and you touched. I mean, you've made a huge difference already. And you're going to make a huge difference moving forward. And I, I got a feeling it's going to be even a much bigger quantum leap. But when it's all over, what do, what does uh, what does Mark Bell's legacy look like? What do you want your legacy? What do you want to be remembered for? Uh, that ain't for me to determine. That's just uh, that's for the people. So I don't I don't have anything to say. I have no comment. Okay. Well, I got to tell you, brother, of all the shows we've done. That's the first no comment answer, but I, that's it. That's deep in its own way, you know, not for you to determine. Yeah. Very cool. Well, brother, thank you so much for your time. I know you're a busy guy. So, uh, and the fact that I'm keeping this one short, hopefully going to give some leverage to get you back on to talk about some of your athletic ventures and other things as well, because you're such a, you know, there's, you're one of those guys that really multi-dimensional, you know, and this whole episode was just talking about your business and your, your methodologies for success, which I know is going to be really, really impactful for our listeners. So thank you very much. That being said, again, thank you for coming on the show. Nick, do you have anything for Mark before we cut on out of here? Yeah. Thanks Mark for coming on. And I I have a ton of things I still want to ask you and go with, go through with you on because some of the things I've seen you do from squatting a thousand pounds and being a massive monster to now just lean ripped and looking phenomenal. I, I just want to, talk and go over that so i'm looking forward to if we can get you on again 
Absolutely. Yeah, I'll come and, on the show again and talk all about that stuff. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. And I'm also really, really happy that it's been put in the open. I'm not the only one on the planet that thought about something weightlifting related during sex. So thank you for taking me <laughs> off the hook mentally, brother. That really, I'm just, I'm going to sleep gonna so much better from now on, you know? <laughs> well, this angle right here works, really works the glute hamstring tie in. I wonder if anybody else could have thought about it. <laughs> Well, there you have it, everyone. There's another edition of Legends of Iron. This we had a great show. If Mark Bell didn't inspire you to become a better version of yourself, I don't know who the hell is going to do it because I'm sitting here with some goosebumps just with some of the things that he said, and I've known this man for a long time. So, again, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. We will see you next time. Legends of Iron is brought to you by MuscleMix. It's time to stop you want to build some muscle, you want to build some serious muscle, well, guess what? Beef builds muscle. RTD, carnivore, ready to drink, lactose-free, tastes great. You want to build some muscle, you better start eating some beef. Beef up with carnivore RTD. 40 grams of protein, zero fat, zero sugar, zero lactose. What the f*** are you waiting for? Get yours today.